Welcome everyone to another episode of the Screen Stuff. Podcast. The Screen Stuff Podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm Paul. This is Elgin. And we are back after being off for a few weeks. And uh, we are going to just talk about and catch up about our screen lives for a little bit. Um, mm. And then this episode is going to be focused on Twin Peaks, colon, The Return. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that, they no, didn't just yeah. call it Twin Peaks. It's no. like Twin Peaks, The Return. You're right. You're right. So You're right. it's a, a show that we both watched in its first iteration. And it has returned after uh, 25 years plus. Yeah, a little bit of 25 yeah. years, you know, in, in keeping with. They probably would have come back sooner had they their... not been negotiating <laughs> stuff behind the scenes. Well, if you count yeah. Fire Walk with me, yeah, then it yeah. has been right okay. around 25 All right. All right. years. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, which I saw know. that was actually. And, and nobody good. really wants to talk about Fire Walk with me except for maybe you. But I, I liked it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you might be. I'll buy of, might be uh, the minority there. <laughs> one of a few people <laughs> who actually enjoyed Fire Walk with me. But yeah. anyway, we, we're going to talk about that in, in greater detail in um a few moments yeah but before we do that mm-hmm. uh it's been what is it june now uh so it's the summer movie season yeah and as far as summer movie seasons go of course as is the malaise or blessing of our current movie cinema situation not sure which one uh, there are always a bevy of superhero movies that come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it seems to be like I think Marvel literally looks at the calendar and they're like, "All right, at once every three months, there has to be a new uh, Marvel superhero movie that comes out." That's and, right. And yep. you know, to be honest, I enjoy a lot of them. And I saw, for example, the the new Thor trailer, and I'm like, "That looks kind of fun," you know. And it has that weird. 70s vibe or something it does i'm not sure what's happening there which is also the case with guardians too well a little bit yeah Yeah, so i I, I did the guardians a little bit more well yeah 70s 80s yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but i I did see garden guardians of the galaxy volume two yeah uh what did you think of that well did you like the first one i I liked it okay i mean i you know i you know people seem to really like Fall head over heels. Yeah, I, I did not fall head over heels. This I, particular franchise. Yeah, I liked. I liked it just fine. I think maybe it was overhyped for me by the time I got to it. Okay. And the same. I think it was a pleasant surprise. It was mm-hmm. one of those uh, low expectations but really delivered type of things because nobody thinks of Guardians of the Galaxy as a tentpole Marvel. Oh no way! You know franchise, but yet somehow they've been able to do that. In any case, I saw Volume Two. It was pretty good. Okay. I would say. Not as fresh and fun as the original, but I feel like that's kind of an impossible standard to reach at this point. Yeah. Uh, it does hit in a lot of good places. Um, you know, the, the performances and the characters we all know and love now. Now now Groot's a baby or like an yeah, adolescent. All, there's so many of these little uh, like clips, clips out there. Of Groot. Yeah, yeah, baby Groot. And to be honest, I, I wasn't as crazy about the baby Groot stuff. It was fine. Uh, I thought Dave Bautista... Uh, all these pro wrestlers turned um, <laughs> actors, whatever you want to call them. Dave Bautista uh, is has done actually a pretty good job in his role. I know that um, you know it's a it's not as big of a role, but um, he adds a lot of 
I don't know. Tracks, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he adds a lot of comedic, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, even more so than like Chris Pat Pratt, who's probably more known for his comedy. Uh-huh. But, you know, he has to play more of the straight man. Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, Rocket the Raccoon, voiced by Bradley Cooper. And, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're the more of the, the fun and games type of Well, Michael Rooker, characters. too, I assume. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. As Yandu. As Yandu. Yeah. Um, Yandu is, I mean, he's he's a little bit not as much of a funny character mm. in this one um, okay. but he does play a pivotal role uh, there's also a, a cameo by sylvester stallone oh, yeah. which is totally weird and like doesn't <laughs> i guess he to... needs to get in on the marvel money too so. I, I guess so <laughs> I, i'm not sure uh and then of course kurt russell um yeah, he which... plays star lord's father like um, the the least best kept secret or exactly. Whatever, right? I mean, everyone pretty much knows what he's there for. Uh, so yeah, if you're into the uh, GOTG universe, did you really say that, Justin? <laughs> look, it's a long ass title. Okay. okay, I'm gonna say GOTG. Okay, if you're into the GOTG universe, yeah, volume two, yeah, sure, yeah, uh, definitely, it's worth watching. Okay, my biggest issue, and this is true for a lot of movies these days, is mm-hmm. I just think that they're overly long. Yeah, they're very long film. By the her. the running time of this was two hours and sixteen minutes, according to IMDb, and I don't know about you, but that is really long, particularly for a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy. I yeah. Mean, there was no reason why this movie needed to be over two hours. Really, really none. I, I think that there was a lot of stuff that they tried to put in there, but a lot of it was like little, like almost skits or comedy bits where, yeah. where yes, I guess they were funny, but I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, okay. I feel a little torn about well, I heard there was a lot of weird exposition in there and, and, and just explaining. Save that for uh, the DVD extra. I know maybe that's part of the issue is that nobody buys DVDs anymore. So, they're you know, they have no place to put these extras. So, we'll just keep it in the feature film. Mm. But um, I, I'm finding that this issue is pervasive in the superhero movies. Just the bloating. But it's also yeah. true for certain comedies. I, I mm. feel like some of Judd Apatow's more recent movies have been overly long. Mm. I, I just... I wish people were a little bit more um, like disciplined in there. Disciplined in the editing room, yeah, yeah. And they're not—they don't get too attached to certain scenes and mm-hmm. certain things that they love because I don't know. Maybe they feel like you have to justify the price of admission now because movies are getting more expensive. I'm not sure what it is, but it—that was—that would be my chief complaint more than anything else. Is that it just felt too long. It didn't have to be that long. Okay. Okay. Um, so how but, many how many uh, end clips were there? I'm always curious about this. Oh geez, it was they were sprinkled throughout <laughs> the, the end credit sequence. Okay. Uh, but there weren't any huge like, oh my gosh, like here's yeah, yeah. Thanos and you know like yeah, there was yeah, none yeah. of like it was they were more just lighthearted and fun. Okay, and those almost were like some of the deleted scenes. Also, some of them were kind of a continuation. Sure, but yeah. I, at this point, it's like it's obligatory and it's well, not well, as exciting. Right, so, anymore. did you like it at all? I mean, did, was it fun for you at all? No, or, I, you know? don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Okay, I thought it was well done. If you're again, if you like Guardians, then this is just going to be more of the same. Okay, um, and it's overall well done. You know, I think Marvel at this point they're not going to make any it's like huge, huge, machine. yeah, huge, yeah. huge mistakes. Yeah, 
I don't know if the same can be said for the Star Wars <laughs> franchise, but that's neither here nor there. That is all part of the Disney umbrella. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. Marvel franchise does seem to be humming along nicely. Well, you're, you're alluding to the fact that the Han Solo directors were recently fired, right? Yes. Yeah. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, yeah. who have a pretty good rep in Hollywood, and probably they don't want to take shit from, you know... They don't have to. The higher order. Yeah, they don't have to. You're part of the resistance now, you know? <laughs> so they're bringing in Dark Lord Ron Howard to, you know... <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know, Ron, Ron Howard's a franchise man. No, yeah, he, he's, he, he's not. He's, he's not a, doing anything subversive in his career. Not really. Ever. No, I don't think so. Uh, even in his acting career, is all very you know, <laughs> Mayberry. Yeah, he's literally exactly. Mayberry. Uh, <laughs> so okay, but speaking of uh, things that have gone awry, the DC universe <laughs> well has, yeah has gone awry up until maybe recently i don't know like depending I, on who you talk to yeah, so well, yeah, what, yeah. what are you talking about i'm talking about wonder woman okay. you know which is wonder woman yeah which 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 is i think just killing it at the box office it's gone i think over 300 million well or not only was it yeah. the Best debut money wise for a female director. Mm. It's Patty now Jenkins, yeah. it's now looking to be possibly the highest grossing movie ever mm. by a female director. A part of me is excited about that, and a part of me is sad about that too, because there just are so few female directors, and specifically for large Hollywood movies. Sure, I think the numbers are even worse if that's at all possible. That's right. Um, but uh, so. Just a little background for me. Mm-hmm. I've always loved Wonder Woman. <laughs> okay. Diana Prince okay. uh, is awesome. Did you watch and the TV The show? Linda Carter yeah. version of that show <laughs> I thought was great. Um, I thought, you know, you know, Wonder Woman's iconic, right? Oh, for, I would for say sure. For sure. even in the comic book world, she's just as recognizable. Well, I don't know if just as, but she's nearly as recognizable as the guys, as yeah, Superman, Superman, Batman. Batman. Yeah, she's up there. Wonder Woman. It's yeah. always the, they're they're like the big three. Yeah, of DC. I, would, I would agree. Yeah, and and so I think there was a lot of anticipation for this movie. There have been talks of Wonder Woman movies in the past. Mm-hmm. This is the first time, believe it or not, of all these amazing DC characters that have been out there. This is the first Wonder Woman movie, like solo Wonder Woman movie ever. Mm. I mean, think of how many Batman movies there have been. That's true. Think of how many Superman movies there have been. They've even made movies for the Green Lantern, for God's sakes, (laughs) right? How is it that Wonder Woman has not gotten her own movie until 2017? That I will never know. Was it worth the wait? Yeah, I I thought it was worth the wait. I thought it was great. It was really... uh... I mean, especially the opening. I really like that opening sequence when they're on, um, I guess it's Paradise Island, or I don't yeah. know what they call it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when they're on The home of the Amazonians. Yeah. The Amazonian women. And you see all these women, including Robin Wright. Robin. Who, who looks, like, so badass. Um, she looked badass, but it's so funny because her character on House of Cards <laughs> is so iconic at this point. You know, Claire Underwood has yeah. really yeah. become this cultural force. Sure. And it just looked like Claire, <laughs> Claire Underwood in drag. <laughs> it, was, it was, but but with that said, she did a good job. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree with you that the whole time when spent on the island, yeah, that part was for me the best part of the I agree. movie. I agree with you. Um, it was just seeing just the vision of all. It was hundred percent women. Mm-hmm. They were all just badass, kicking ass. They looked amazing. They were, I mean, they were, I mean, it was 
fierce, for lack of a better word. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, and you, how often do you just see a screen filled with only women being badass and strong and powerful? It was really a sight to behold. Yeah, you don't get to see that on the big screen or even small screen very often at yeah, all. You know? Yeah, exactly. Not, not like that anyway. Usually yeah. women are either to the side or they're not, you know, if they are fighting, it's just, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just different. it's not you like know? that. No. And, and one trend that isn't always true but is often true is that if there is a badass woman, mm-hmm. they're often fighting against a villainous woman. Yeah, Do you know sure, what I mean? Sure. Like they don't... Yeah. They don't let the women fight with the guys. So I, I always think of, and I know that this is a off-maligned uh, part of the DC universe, but okay. when you think about Batman versus Robin, the, the Joel Schumacher nightmare that everyone <laughs> makes fun of at this point, and yeah. that Joel Schumacher has repeatedly apologized for. Yeah. Um, Are you talking about you, Poison Ivy? You think of Poison Ivy, yeah, 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 yeah. and guess who takes Poison Ivy down? It's Batgirl. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, okay, why yeah. doesn't you know? Why does why does it have to be girl on girl and guy on guy? You know, it's just, yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah. it's part of this Hollywood trope that I think has gone on for quite a while. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wonder Woman. Uh, Gal Gadot, let's talk about her real quick. I mean, we're, this is just a mini review, so we can't go too far into it. But we saw her in Batman vs. Superman. She the was Wonder the best Woman thing theme. about yeah, that. Yeah, she was so great. Yeah. Does she, I mean, two hours of Gal Gadot? No, she's great. I, you know what, what's so good about her is that she... Um, she exudes a strength, but also has that vulnerability and and, and, yeah, and, the, and the naivete when she right. goes into yes. man's or humankind's world and yeah. and and is in this World War One arena and yeah. she steps into that and she's not she doesn't know the world you know she doesn't know what mankind has done so right. she right. she steps into that and you see how in some ways naive and innocent she is but in no way stupid or you know right, not, right. I mean she always exudes intelligence and strength yes. and. Um, she's ideal. Uh, she's an idealist, right? Yes. So, and yes. she has to learn how the world actually works and yes. how she's going to contend with that. Is she going right. to fall into a cynical, you know, I'm done with humankind, or is she going right. to do something else? And so and, it's and, really interesting. You know, some people have criticized the movie for being too closely um, uh, in spirit to the first Captain America movie. Oh, yeah. Where, you know... Although that took place in World War II, right? It did, yeah, but, yeah. but it had very yeah, okay, a very sure. similar yeah, yeah. feel to it okay, in that yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I thought that she held her own. She did a great job. She was stunning in everything that she did. Um, and I thought just as a package, just having a woman director and having a woman lead, it, it all worked, and it really... Uh, flies in the face of you know the Hollywood execs of the past who always said you know this is this isn't gonna work. this isn't a world that women yeah. can play in and yeah. be successful and this is yeah. clearly breaking that which is awesome I I do have uh, I don't quibble. know some quibbles <laughs> with with the script okay there were yeah. just there were a lot of really nonsensical aspects of it or like things that just didn't really quite fit or make sense. So in, can I in can a I, real world? I know it's a comic book. I know it's a comic book, but yeah. I mean, but there I, has to be a, there has to be this logic though to the characters and the the, the, the story. Yeah, and I and I without, I mean, I'm sure most of the world has already seen these both of these films, so I, I don't want to spoil anything. But I mean, there there you know if you have godlike beings you always yeah. wonder how can they be killed and like right. or fought against and or what like, are what are the real stakes that yeah if, if, if they're yeah. godlike beings what yeah. what what 
what can you do? Sure, sure. <laughs> and it seems like they come up with these arbitrary rules about what can happen to them. Which, right. like, if you really think about it, like, does that make sense? I, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. And there yeah. are just certain things that... And I'm not one to have movies overly explain things to you. No. There are certain that, yeah. things in this movie that they talk about, but they don't really talk about. And it's just like this... I, I don't know. It, it, it's, there were certain things that, I guess, for me were a little bit more distracting or kind of like, huh? Mm. But... I, I don't want to take anything away from the success that this movie has had. I think it deserves it. I think, yes, there were certainly problems. I thought the whole fish out of water thing did get a little old yeah. towards the end. But, yeah. but you know, I'm curious to see where this franchise will go. Obviously, they're going to make another one. Of course. Um, it's, and it's, it may be Patty Jenkins all, uh, on, uh, on the helm Maybe. Again. The, no yeah. confirmation yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Justice League movie also has to come out, and Wonder Woman will be in that as well. So more is happening in this universe. Just real quick, I just want to say yeah. Chris Pine did a great job as Steve, Steve Trevor. Trevor. Mm-hmm. I also liked uh, the guy who played Samir. His name is Saeed mm-hmm. Tagmaui. I'm, I'm probably yeah. butchering his name. Uh, oh, and, and then he has a really interesting line about being a brown man in, in the world where he just wanted to be an actor. Yes, there's so kind of a there. strange kind of... Yeah, there, were, there was definitely more of an effort to do that. They also had a character called The Chief. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I think having the representation of a Native American is good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I like what they necessarily did with the character. There were certain things that felt a little... Stereotypical, stereotypical or tropey. Yeah, to me, yeah. But, I mean, know. you know, I didn't even know that Native Americans had gone to World War One to fight over there, but I guess they felt freer to be in combat over there than be back home in the United States. Sure. So I thought was, sure. I thought was interesting to, yes. to learn about that. Right. Know. Anyway, you know, I mean, it's not a history lesson. It's a, it's a superhero <laughs> film, and it's very fun. Very true. And, very I, true. and I like the the team that that she put together to 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 fight. Um, I guess it was the Germans again, but. Um, Anyway. The Germans are, are an easy target, let's be honest. <laughs> okay. All right, All what right. else we got? Uh, Anything else you've seen I, recently? I, I did see the first couple episodes of Glow on Netflix. So is is this the same Glow that I remember when I was younger, yeah. a.k.a. the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how historically uh, accurate it is. So is this like um, a dramatization of the behind-the-scenes yes, of, of Glow? Yeah, of how things came oh, to be. Okay. Uh, and it's, it oddly stars um, Alison Brie from... Oh. Community yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mad Men. She seems so like um, proper and prim, and that's the role types of roles. Yeah, that she's often so played. you know, and in, in this in this show, she is seriously to me vibing uh, some eighties icons. Um, okay, Susanna Hoffs uh, from the Bangles. She has that. Okay. <laughs> she has that look, okay. and maybe a little bit. Um, the, the woman from Flashdance, okay. uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Beals. Beals. Yeah, I mean it's a continuation so. though of this trend in television, in particular, and obviously I guess in movies when you look at Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. this whole retro kind of looking back to I don't know maybe a different era, a different yeah. era, but also to make maybe commentary about our present day. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure this show is doing that in spades. Yeah, so like just the opening scene of Glow, she, she's uh, the. the Let's see. Her character is um, 
Ruth, and she is at a casting call. She's just an actress, out okay. of, you know, trying to get a job, and she she mouths the words of uh, the of the man's line, although she's not supposed to do that, and it's like so much Ooh. better than the right. female line. Sure. Anyway, she doesn't get the job, but like the, you know, it just kind yeah. of sets up the yeah. like the dynamics of what the sure. show is going to be, sure. um, and. You know, she's desperate for money, so she ends up <laughs> trying out for this wrestling thing. She wasn't even sure what it was at first. Right, right. And she's like, starts watching Hulk Hogan and trying to learn his moves. Okay. And, you know, it's interesting. And then all the different kind of women who are on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of personalities. Lots of personalities sure. from people from diverse backgrounds. It's mm-hmm. uh, cool. And, and Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. And, and, and Mark Marin, he's like the ringmaster of this. <laughs> and he's, wow. he's He's good. He's funny. Okay. He's really funny. Okay. And you know, kind of caught me by surprise, you know, the first you know, couple episodes. I would say with some people's careers, better late than never. No, right? for I sure. Mean, he, yeah. I think he languished for quite some time no. and he's found his voice and his place in the comedic and entertainment world. So yeah. good on him. Yeah. So I, you know, I think it's worth a watch. You know, I, I've only watched like two, three episodes okay. and it's a 10 episode thing, like 30 Is minutes. Is it worth it? Would you flip it and reverse it? <laughs> I think I'd give it a couple more episodes. I don't know if it's going to get repetitious, you know, like how 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 can you string this along? I don't know, but the novelty of it certainly grabbed me and Marin is is pretty funny and and I just I really am a fan of Allison Bree, so okay. you know, she Like were you always a fan of Allison Bree? I always I always liked her from Mad Men. Oh. Okay. I'm not I'm not I didn't okay. watch Community very much, but sure. I, she had a very small role in Mad Men, but yeah. she was Trudy. Okay. And uh, she, I always thought that she was good in that show. So nice. Okay, yeah, check. I think it's worth checking out. All right, very good. Um, well, we are now moving on to our main event, uh, which is wow, t- Twin Peaks. I, I don't know where this is coming. From. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> we talked about corny things. Yeah, and now I'm being yeah. corny. But uh, <laughs> wow, our main event is is going to be Twin Peaks: The Return. And before we get into a full on discussion of that. Before we body slam that discussion, I'm just kidding. Um, sorry, I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know what's uh, happening to you either. We're, we're, better, I better put you in a sleeper hold we're gonna, <laughs> before this gets out of control. Uh, we're going to play you a clip, and um, I'm sorry, but it's going to be like a, a whiplashy type of tonal change from <laughs> this conversation right now. Okay. So I apologize in advance, but here here's a clip from... Uh, uh, Twin Peaks, and um, it's going to be a little bit of a downer. All okay. Right. I knew it was going to be you. It's good to see you again, Diane. Oh, yeah? When was that, Cooper? When did we see each other last? Are you upset with me, Diane? What do you think? I think you're upset with me. When was the last time we saw each other, Cooper? At your house. That's right. Do you remember that night? Same for me. I'll never forget it. Who are you? 
Okay, so that rather uh, disturbing scene, is that what you would say? Or It's, it's kind of weirdly funny to me now, out of context. <laughs> but but in, Seeing Kyle McLaughlin being a badass is a little goofy. Yeah, with that hair. Yeah. Okay, so that scene is uh, Bad Cooper. Bad Played by Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin yeah. from and, the original. And Diane, the, the icon, iconic character Diane, which we've never seen until, or heard from, or heard from until this time. Yes, played by Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's so, not. I, mean, I know it's a little spoilery, but you know, it's out there everywhere. Really, it was everywhere. You know, this isn't really even a spoilerly <laughs> type of show at this point. Yeah. Um, so okay, let, let's talk a little background. So, yeah. 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 Um, Twin Peaks came out in the early nineties, mm-hmm. and it was on CBS, and it is. I think it was on. Was it on CBS or ABC? I think it was on ABC. ABC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. on a major network. Yes. Um, and. It ran for two seasons, and it was largely credited for bringing something completely new to television. Um, what was your experience with Twin Peaks back at that time? I mean, did you did you watch it like yes. week to week? Like, what okay, was... all right. When it first came out, I didn't really pay attention to it, but within a year, I did watch all of it. Like okay. after it, it, after I think, how were you able to watch the episodes? Because this is okay. pre-internet streaming. What well, was straight? Okay, so I'll tell you real quick story. I went yeah. to uh, like film school that summer. Okay, like, like a summer thing for summer intensive. Pre, pre, yeah, for okay. pre pre college kids, whatever. Okay. So, and I met some kid there, and he was telling me about Twin Peaks. I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. How am I going to see it? He's like, well, I'll send you recordings of all of this. So he, so he had them me, on yeah, tapes. He had them on tapes. He made tapes okay. for me and sent okay. them. And I watched them, and it was, it was... That's awesome. It was awesome, yeah. That was like the that was the only way to really kind of okay. do that kind of thing back then. Your experience actually wasn't that different from me in that um, I didn't watch Twin Peaks when it first came out. I was probably a little young to be watching you know shows like yeah. this it wasn't really yeah. on my radar sure um it wasn't until i went to college so uh-huh. we were roughly about the same age when we experienced it mm. um and at that point it had long been off the air but my friend and i we both wanted to watch it we've heard good things about it and so we went to the local library at our college mm. and we rented the vhs tapes nice and i would say this was probably my first binge watching experience i watched it i mean you know when you have it on tape you oh, yeah, just yeah. watch all the episodes yeah. in succession which is kind of like what you did as well mm-hmm. uh and so i remember i mean this was for me at this point it was probably like the late 90s maybe you know right at the turn of the century when i when i watched it but uh yeah it was it was definitely gripping binge worthy television um particularly the first season of course oh, yeah. you know yeah. it was a lot more tense I think I'll catch you with my deathbed. Yeah, I mean, the show. What to me? To me, what made the show so revolutionary is that there was nothing like this on network TV. No, it's so bizarre. It was really creepy, really bizarre, but it was also super scary and smart at the same time. Um, It just there's just nothing like it, and and just the the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Was so different from any other TV show that I had seen. Yeah, very cinematic. It, it, the, it the music, the music was the the jazz. Uh, yeah. the the even the opening sequence with uh, you know Angelo Badalamenti's yeah, yeah. Uh, theme song, which with is like the fantastic. I still like, love it. Yeah, yeah, and it's still the opening song yeah. for the the new series. Yeah, I, I it, it obviously made a huge impression on uh, a lot of probably filmmakers and critics. Uh, who were about 
you know, college age during that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it, it, it actually, like, drew, like, mil- you know, I think, like, Oh, 30 million people or some some crazy number which you can't even imagine now right and especially it, especially that first season when yeah they were trying to figure out who killed laura palmer and you know it became like this national obsession around which is show. so strange like how did that how did that even happen you know it's so bizarre to a me. good murder mystery i suppose yeah, um, yeah. but you know it, it's not just david lynch mm-hmm. david lynch of course is the filmmaker who is you know often considered the <clears throat> you know, real force behind this show and, and the vision of this show. And if you're a David Lynch fan, of course, you're going to be a Twin Peaks fan because mm-hmm. it's so much of the themes and the style that he brings to his films. But it's also Mark Frost, yeah. who was much more experienced in the TV procedural type of, of show running. Mm-hmm. And so the two of them together were able to, at least for the first season, make something extraordinary extraordinarily compelling but also accessible to the masses yeah whereas david frost on his own or i'm sorry david lynch on his own maybe not caring as much about the masses but mark frost was able to bring that accessibility i think to the show um now famously um david lynch in particular wasn't as involved in season two Mm -hmm. because you know the the network had their desires and they and their wants for the show and they yep. shockingly did not uh, align yeah. with what Lynch wanted to do. <laughs> and that almost so, happened with Showtime, too. That almost happened to Showtime. So yeah. so let's kind of like talk about then the genesis of the return. Mm-hmm. Because we have, first of all, one of the final scenes. Not the final scene, but one of the end scenes or, or towards the end of the whole uh, original Twin Peaks run was Laura Palmer in the Black Lodge. Yeah. Um, that's kind of insider talk now, but yeah. there's this place called the Black Lodge. and Which isn't black, it's really red. It's but, red, but, yeah. but there's a yeah. black and white kind of tiled yeah. floor. Anyway, sure. there's a, a scene where, you know, all the people in there are talking backwards but forwards at the same time. It's really hard to explain. And she snaps <laughs> her fingers and she says, see you in 25 years. <laughs> and then... <laughs> That's the best I can do, okay? Um, and yeah. so people are always wondering, like, what does that really mean? Is that a cliffhanger? And here we are, 25 about years, yeah, 25 yeah, years later. Yeah. And I never would have thought it was going to no, come back. No, nobody would have would have thought that. I, I can't believe that it's back. And I can't believe how um, how good it is, at least for for me. I, I It's really challenging, but... Uh, He's taken it to another level, I think. And so the format, yeah, though. So David Lynch has said that this new <clears throat> Twin Peaks is essentially one long story or movie that's yeah. essentially been broken down into eighteen. It's pieces. not as episodic. Yeah, yeah. So you're literally just watching an eighteenth of a long movie every time you see an episode, mm-hmm. but. And oftentimes they don't even call them episodes; they call them parts. Yeah, right? it's like part, part one, one, part two, yep. part right. And yep. uh, at the point of this recording, we're about I would say a third of the way through mm-hmm. uh, the airing of the show. Yeah, um, maybe just a little bit more than a third. And um, yeah, it's it's really been interesting because, like you're saying, it's challenging. There's literally nothing like this no. on TV. <laughs> no, um, and except maybe. Um... American Gods, but I think it owes a huge debt to the original Twin Peaks. But yeah, no, there's nothing really like it. And, uh, you know, especially the first few episodes, 
it's really just kind of, for lack of a better word, kind of a mind fuck. It really is, yeah. Because, <laughs> first of all, what's what's interesting about this new series is that it's not, like, it's not really even in Twin Peaks, the fictional town. No, it's, it's, it's all over the mostly place. Mostly in other parts. It's in, like, New York. It's in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's You know, I, I just want to say, like, right now, we're going to talk about, we're going to review this more, like, broadly. But it, yeah. there are, like, tons, literally tons of podcasts out there recapping each episode yeah. going very much in depth right. about podcasts show. youtube videos it's like it's like uh, a think pieces it's a whole cottage industry it is you know so here's my question though yeah. there are obviously people who are interested and who feel like this is art worth talking about yeah but numbers wise yeah i have no idea what the numbers are my understanding is that it's not a smash hit for Showtime necessarily. How could it be? Exactly. <laughs> How could it be? Because because again, it's it's not designed to be instantly accessible. Plus, you not you don't necessarily have to have seen the original series, but you're going to miss a lot you're, if you no, haven't you, seen it. I, I will. I will. I'll, ugh, this is what I would argue. If you haven't watched the first seasons and if you haven't watched fire walk with me well, which is a huge you will not know what the f is going on in this so i feel that's already then limiting the audience <laughs> to a pretty small slice i mean just okay big picture all right look at well like like i said the first season right drew mm-hmm. something over like 30 million or some some crazy number i yeah. can't remember i mean it'll that. never reach those heights. it won't reach those heights and i who knows how many of those took around uh, watched yeah. through season two right uh and then after that who knows the, how many watched you know the, fire yeah, walk with me the early but, numbers uh, from my understanding aren't stellar okay but what showtime is able to boast from this is that i think they had um, I don't know if it's a record number or a pretty significant spike in of the number of new subscriptions course, yeah. leading up to it. So <laughs> it's it's drawing people to their platform. Plus, which, it has a prestige factor, which yeah, which you know, like Showtime. Yes, it has shows like Billions. It has had it has other shows. Yeah, like Dexter, uh, Dexter was really popular. Yeah, but it, it, Ray it, Donovan. I would I would say they're not. Quite to the level, they're HBO wannabes. At yeah, this point. they're not. Yeah, they're not even Netflix, really. Yeah, this so point. this puts them firmly up there, or at least I, I think it does. It gives them, know? it gives them so, um, a franchise that I think will generate buzz. Obviously, it's all is. over the place. It's, it's all over that's the all place. People are talking about, but it does all feel a little inside baseball-y. Like the the general population isn't really tuned in or they care it's like a smaller subsection you're, you're probably right audience. about this you're probably right and i i mean and and based on the first four episodes which were dumped on the the digital platform right um before they were aired on yeah. showtime proper i mean they are very challenging like right. there's one where it's virtually like a silent film with just like little buzz noises and he's in trying to escape the the lodge the black lodge and it, yeah. it is so bizarre and you, it's and hard like, to follow there's weird creatures there's, there's like a um, weird asian looking type woman with no, no eyes, eyes. Yeah. i think she's asian she yeah. looks asiatic yeah. i don't know and i don't know it's just it's just it's it's very and then there's crazy. there's this mysterious glass box in an office space in new, in new york, york. And, and then a strange black creature comes out yeah and then there's actually yeah. even literally like a scene that only lasts for like 15 seconds but it's this black box that looks like it has a flashing light on it and then it crumples and there's no context as to <laughs> what that is related to at all but this is what leads to this 
cottage industry stuff, right? Where there's there's people yeah. conjecturing and having you know theories about this, what that means, and how that yeah. ties back to evil Cooper or all this stuff. And just, so maybe you know, that there's there's some value then in being really opaque in what you're doing because <laughs> then there's more to talk about uh, compared to if things were just super obvious and you everyone gets it and you know everyone feels the same way about it you, you know? know you know what though I, I have to honestly I have to tell you like I haven't done a lot of digging and and here's for me why like at some point I had to turn that part of my brain off mm-hmm. I just was like you, you know, know what? Just I, I'm just gonna is. I'm just gonna give myself over to this and I'm not I'm not prone to doing that I don't like to do that because I'm more of a you like to go uh, on the blogosphere I, and I like to be in control and know what the hell's going on you like to have the watercolor <laughs> conversations yeah but like this does not lend itself to that and if you, and because and if you people, do that too much you're not going to enjoy it and I also think. the people who are writing these things they don't know what's going on either it's, so. all, it's all it's yeah. all guesswork yeah, only I, I think maybe only lynch really knows and, and well maybe i think even he's, maybe, mark yeah, frost doesn't maybe, even know maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> mark frost you know but he's I, just along for the ride no but i think uh he's definitely pushing the envelope far this is not twin peaks from circa no, 1991 but it's whatever. not twin peaks from 1991 one it's because it's not on a broadcast network yeah it's also 100% directed by David Lynch, yeah. which was not the case with the original series. That's right. Those two factors alone are going to give a purely Frostian experience or a Lynchian experience. Sorry, I keep... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mark Frost really wants to get in there real bad. But yeah, uh, yeah, 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 it gives you a purely Lynchian experience. And if you've seen any of his movies, you kind of know what you're in for. But I, I do feel like this is... His you've movies seen, you, even more drawn out, and you've seen Eraserhead. You've seen Mulholland Drive. I've seen Mulholland Drive. Okay, okay. I did not see Eraserhead. Okay, I mean, they're mind fucks. That's yeah. what they are, and this is no different than. But that. Mulholland Drive, I, I mean, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie so much, mm. and what's actually even more interesting about that is, I believe that it was originally designed to be a spinoff series. To it was supposed Peace. to be Audrey a, Horn, yeah. going to Hollywood, interesting as an ideal character, like you know, an idealist, and then mm. finding you know the, the you know gross underbelly of it all. I know they made that as a pilot, TV right. pilot, and then they expanded it into when a it wasn't, feature. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't right. going to be picked up as a pilot. So, um, yeah, so. In any case, I mean, all all roads lead back to Twin Peaks, apparently, yeah, but yeah. Uh, and for Lynch, but um, there is a part of me, especially in those first four episodes, where I was like, "Is this uh, an emperor has no clothes situation?" Right, <laughs> where everyone is looking up at the emperor, and they're like, "Look at this amazing outfit that he's wearing," and you realize there's there's no there there, and you, you know, and you're right to question it. I, I would agree with you know, your like, you know, there there's. All this lavish praise, and I know like people like uh, Damon Lindelof, and I know yeah. David Chase, Sopranos creator. Yeah, but like they're all, all the... like heralding this. But, yeah, but like... they're all also like super fanboys. Of yeah, of course. The original Twin Peaks. Of they yeah. clearly said that many times. Um, so a part of me is like, is this all just straight up bullshit that everyone's just like? You know, it's, yes. it's been extruded enough that it looks like something that has form, but ultimately it's just shit. Or is there something more to it? And, and I have to say, after the first few episodes, I was like, I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now, like when when we stepped out of um, that Terrence Malick film a couple years ago. <laughs> the Tree of Life. The Tree of Life. And our friend said, 
that was just a bunch of that's just a bunch of horse puppy yeah, yeah. Or masturbation yeah 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 i mean yeah, those yeah. dinosaurs were super awesome though. <laughs> but, but, I, but the supernovas were awesome yeah but like i i still came up with that thinking like that was pretty awesome and yeah it was really hard to watch and there's a lot of things where right. i'm like ah like what does this mean but right like i almost I, I almost also see like I'm, I'm kind of thinking okay if david lynch is like uh an inventive chef Mm-hmm. What what he did, especially knowing that this is an, just 18 hours that's been broken up into 18 pieces. Yeah. What we just experienced was the mise en place, right? He's preparing his ingredients. He's putting everything yeah. in its place. Yep. Yeah. And then now that we're in the second third of the show, I think we're getting to some cooking now. Yeah. And and you see flashes of that, like a, a plot yes. is forming. Yeah. Some disparate elements are coming together. Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about maybe um, some of the actors and characters that are that are in this. Okay. Um, I think the first obvious one would be Kyle MacLachlan. Of course, yeah, yeah. He played the Goody Two Shoes Dale Cooper in the original. He's back, but <laughs> he's not back. Well, he's playing three different characters. Yeah. So in the clip that we played you, that's. The bad version. Yeah, they, they call some people have been calling him Evil Cooper or Dirty Cooper or yeah. whatever, something like that. And he's yeah. if you watch the last episode of of the original Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks, you yeah. you know that the Evil Cooper, the evil doppelganger, got out of the lodge, and yeah. Dale Cooper, the good one, was stuck. And in Bob, the, lodge. the spirit who uh, was inhabiting Leland Palmer, yeah. ultimately responsible for Laura Palmer's death. Um, that he's Bob inhabiting, spirit is, yeah. is intertwined with the bad Cooper. Yeah, so he's out in the world. And then, yeah. then we learn there's this other third uh, well, okay, something. But, but we see yeah. the good Cooper still in the lodge. Yeah. So we see the good Cooper. Yeah. And then, yes, there's that there, third Dougie. Dougie <laughs> character. This Dougie. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. Which is, which I think has so far been like the biggest like I love Dougie. unexpected <laughs> thing about this series. So Dougie was kind of like this swindler, greasy insurance salesman, but when, gambling addict, gambling addict. But when sleeping with prostitutes, the good Cooper <laughs> comes out of the lodge and somehow finds his way into Dougie's body, which looks just like him. Yeah, he now becomes this lobotomized version of himself and he's he's like uh like a like a child almost Mm -hmm. uh, unable to fully function yet but you see flashes of functioning happening there's still the the muscle memory of things that of of him of the good of the good cooper yeah yeah yeah. and and so so now we have like this whole weird comedic situation (laughs) where it's like you have like this man child who can barely utter two words except unless someone says it right yeah, before repeat, him. Repeat it, yeah. Um, and his beleaguered wife. Played by Naomi Watts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jane E. Jane E. I don't understand that either. And their son's name is like little 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 Sonny or little Jimmy or little I don't know. Little yeah, and they said that that's the same kid from um, who played the angry kid in in Looper. I don't oh. know. If you, if you look at his face, he has that angle. Yeah, I mean, the kid's yeah. barely in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think some people have expressed some frustration about the whole Dougie storyline, at least from the little bit that I've read online, and that they feel like, <laughs> like we just want the good Cooper, or <laughs> like we're tired that. of this. I yeah, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and so the 
The weird thing about Lynch Lynch's work is that he'll put actors in a situation where I don't even know if they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it leads to sometimes some really weird performances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I definitely feel that in this show. Sometimes oh, sure, yeah. the actors are talking and I'm like, I don't know if they know what they're talking about. And I'm not sure if they know like what emotions to even portray right now. Yeah, and yeah. So sometimes the acting feels a little strange. Um, David Lynch, notwithstanding, since he plays oh, yeah. a character himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ostensibly he knows what's going on but even then i'm not so sure yeah um and then you know we have laura dern who's kind of a bit of stunt casting to a certain effect yeah um but yeah. she's also been a longtime collaborator yeah. with, with lynch and i would say she comes in with a certain command um, yeah she brings a certain levity to uh playing diane um as we saw matt yeah you, you know like <clears throat> i think before the show came on, there was some thought like there'd be this nostalgic thing, right? Where like you all get, these old characters would come back, yeah, you, and, and, you, and you do have that, right? There's a lot of like scenes in the, uh, but the I diner. feel like the old characters, besides like Cooper, they're all kind of in the background, yeah. No, they're definitely in the background, at least for yeah. now, yeah. They're just kind of like doing their living their lives, and yeah. and you know, there's some. Characters, side, small characters from Fire Walk with Me also sh- show up too. Uh, like yeah. Harry Dean Stanton's character, he, yeah. like I, you know, they I, even said that David Bo- David Bowie was going to make a cameo. Yeah, before he and he passed. was in Fire Walk with yeah. Me. So yeah, so. no, it's and it's it's so. You like that? I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> you like the log lady, don't you? Well, <laughs> you know, the log lady passed well, away, yeah, and right. you know, and a bunch of other people who are in have this, since died. Yeah, right? have since died. Yeah. So this was like their last work, and. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I probably have a lot of uh, generosity toward mm-hmm. Lynch and this series in particular, which I wouldn't blame others who had never come come right. to this for not giving him that. Yeah, and to call it bullshit, I can totally see that. I can totally totally see that. So just to tell you, kind of like now where I, I am. So yeah. I started off the first few episodes really skeptical. And I was excited for this show. Okay. Because right? I liked the original Twin Peaks. Yeah. And a lot of the Lynch work that I've seen, I've enjoyed. Yeah. I realized that it's kind of its own thing, right? And you have to accept that to a certain extent when you're watching anything that is pure Lynchian. Mm-hmm. But I came to it excited. And the first two episodes, I was like, I don't even know. You know, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I almost got a little angry. Like, this, like, come on, man. Like, I know. <laughs> This is who you are. And this is what you do. But throw me a freaking bone here. You know what I mean? Like I, I wanted a little something. But I would say by episode six, seven, they're doing that. They're they're throwing you some bones. But even before then, there there have been certain moments where I'm like, okay, I I can see why this is still TV worth watching. Um, uh, so there's a few scenes that did that for me. So there's one scene. So um, Michael Sir or David. Michael Michael Sarah. <laughs> No, not not that scene actually. <laughs> okay. Although that scene was totally bizarre yeah. and absurd, um, and I know some people love that. Yeah, I, I thought it was t- hilarious. Although it did like take you out. Yeah, of the to thing. me, I was like, yeah, I yeah. didn't care so much for that. No, for me, it's it's um, some of the stuff that he's doing with scene work uh. and and the the deliberate, almost like just his ability to to gaze at something longer than I think most. 
mainstream television yes, is, yes. is able to withstand. Like when he's looking at the case files or something. Yeah, when he's looking or... at the case files. Or, or for me, there's there's she's only showed up once so far, but Amanda Seyfried shows oh, up yeah, as yeah. the daughter of one of the diner's employees. Yeah, she's she's the daughter of yeah. uh, Misha and Mick. And, and, you know, Shelley she's Johnson. possibly yeah. following the same path as her. She's with a bad guy. She's She's got drugs. a Laura Palmer vibe going yeah. with her. She's doing drugs. She's and there's the a scene where she gets high in a oh, convertible. Yeah. Yep, and then yep. she looks up at the sky. Mm-hmm. And the camera lingers on her face in this state of, like, euphoria yeah, and wind yeah. in her hair. Mm-hmm. And it, it lasts what for what feels like minutes. I'm sure it was only, like, a minute. Mm-hmm. But longer than most scenes linger on a single face in a television show and it was kind of in that moment like i thought it was just beautiful first Mm -hmm. of all Mm -hmm. it was affecting like there's just something about it i'm like Mm. wow this is really like something that you don't see often and that lynch is really kind of a master at yeah i i i think the camera work is fantastic it it even shows in the new intro to Twin Peaks. Mm, yes, like it's beautiful. It, it, it's the same music, but it's very different. And yeah. how he approaches the waterfalls in that opening right. sequence is different than in the it's original. Like a, you know, like, like the, you're going the over the mm. falls, and uh, there's all these kind of uh, shots of trees kind of blowing, Swing, which yeah. he said was his original. Yeah. and I I I I really appreciate appreciate that stuff, but I can see how that could grow. Tiresome, tiresome. I, I but, can see it. But in I certain it. moments, it's totally just breathtaking to me. And there are also certain sh- scenes where, like, not a lot is necessarily happening, but it's like a, a moving piece of art. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a still mm-hmm. image that is composed beautifully. I mean, mm-hmm. in one of the more recent episodes, there's literally a scene of a guy sweeping the floor of a bar. Oh yeah. It goes on um, for a long time. And it goes on for, I mean, he almost, you almost see him sleep up an entire floor in the amount of time that they show. <laughs> yeah. But yet, it, what would often seem throwaway to an average viewer or TV slash filmmaker, David Lynch turns into something that seems essential. So you liked it. When weird. I mean, there was something about it that really, it was, it was capturing that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of like in that mundane moment. Because it wasn't just like, he was shooting it randomly. I mean, the way the, the scene was composed for, was yeah. really nice. Yeah. There was stuff happening in the background, which is supposed to give you kind of more vibes than actual plot. Yeah. But I would argue that the vibes for Lynch are mm-hmm. just as important, if not sometimes more important, oh, yeah. than the actual plot. Yeah. And I think we are now in a very plot-driven form of television. Yeah. Um, and and for good reason too. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. plot's important. Yeah, of course. But I think it's almost like plot plot, you know, trumps everything else that is important to a TV show. Sometimes I mean, he's a subversive filmmaker, right? Yeah. And he's doing that with this show yeah. in so many ways. He's subverting so many different kinds of expectations, whether it be nostalgic expectations or just genre conventions. Or I mean, he was right. doing that with the original Twin Peaks too, sure. where it took apart soap opera tropes and yeah. other kind repackaged of, them into his own yeah, crazy and, and, beast. And he has this kind of obsession with the fifties and with. With, uh, yeah, he has a rockabilly type of vibe. Yeah, wants himself. to take that apart. You know, right. you know, I do want to, I do want to shift a little bit. I have been l- reading a little bit of the criticism of, mm-hmm. about this, where there's a lot of things where they're, they they they'll pick at Lynch's sensibility towards women and the violence towards women, lack of minorities in the show. Yeah, 
all the stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like also a lot of that stuff is a little bit nitpicky, and I, I mean, don't, I don't know. I mean, that's been a theme, and and it's one thing to show violence, particularly towards women, if it's gratuitous or if it's just to show like, you know the evils of you know male yeah driven violence but yeah I, I always have believed that his portrayal of violence is not gratuitous and it's a commentary on other things too so it's very shocking and disturbing yeah and i'm glad it, well I, I don't like that feeling but i'm glad that he it elicits that yeah. because we've gone so callous right. to that and he doesn't linger on it either which i think is important like he well you don't think he lingered on that the stabbing? The stabbing in that one scene with the small guy? Maybe, but it doesn't... I guess it just doesn't happen so often. Uh, like, I don't think he's fetishizing the violent act. I think mm. he's using that shock value to, to say to say other things. But, I, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, okay. that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I give him... I don't know if I, he even needs a pass there, but I, I give him, I think, the... I don't know permission or I, think I give more okay. leeway on all that yeah. stuff than yeah. than most. Uh, but but there are stuff out there right now. I'm just I'm sure just there, there are people who there's are a just, critical and, and that I think that'll know. always be the case. Yeah, um, you know, th- th- there's this long thing where they're they're talking about him p- lingering on this uh, FBI agent female mm-hmm. walking away the male gaze. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's always kind of been there with Lynch. I think you know the that's the women true. that he casts are very beautiful and that's true you know that's true. there is this kind of there is a fetishization of that kind of almost like a betty page kind of thing that, yeah, going on yeah. there but but i think he also deconstructs that too he he has that and all yeah. he almost does has it both ways and i don't I, it's very complicated yeah, yeah. I, I yeah I, I think it's impossible to completely extricate him from maybe his love of a certain look or a certain type of woman mm-hmm. um uh, it, I think it'd be different if I felt like he was taking advantage of that. I, yeah. I'm not convinced that he is. But then also to completely disregard the fact that he, you know, has a male gaze would yeah. also be yeah. wrong. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, sure. So I, I acknowledge that. Um, I guess for me, like, one of the last things is, you know, during some of the closing segments of the show. Oh, yeah, I think these musical acts. I think he's been doing, like, some really cool stuff, you yeah. know, at, at the Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, he's been having, not every episode, but I think it's been about three episodes, he's had just the closing credits roll over um, a musical act. Yeah. Which I think is kind of a cool way to enter show. And he's able to showcase clearly music that he loves and is passionate about and give them... A platform yeah. that they probably would never have dreamed of having. <laughs> um, or even just uh, one was uh, a closing scene on the diner yeah. where he's just, you know... They're just having it's just, food and it's people just, are hanging out. Yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, a slice of life at the diner. Yeah, um, like and there's that. nothing happening. It's just people going about their day at the diner. And um, he oh. has he has that ability to, to just um, show, show things that you normally don't think about or see and, and bring it to light. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna watch this all the way through. I'm, I'm a big fan. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you will or not. You know, at this yeah. point, you know, you know, I've already dedicated what like seven hours of my life. <laughs> what's, what's what, another what, eleven? What, what, <laughs> yeah, well, just eleven more to go. Yeah. Uh, I, but, but I, I will say that you do have to watch, or you have to at least watch some recaps of the original. 
Yeah. And I think it And there are there are some solid recaps online. And I know. think watching Firewalk with me would help a lot too. I you know, people malign that film and I understand why they do that, but I think uh the performance by um, Cheryl Lee. Cheryl Lee is amazing mm-hmm. in that film. She she saves that film. She gets such a uh, an incredible like. Mm-hmm. She just puts it all out there right. in in that performance. And uh, some some people have said, well, why do you need that film? You know, it was dark. It was better when you was just in your imagination. What happened to Laura Palmer? But I I think I think it's actually worth a view, and it, it helps to understand the plot. I will say, sure, what little there may be of it that you can't understand <laughs> in this new series. I mean, there there's going to be a showdown at some point. So yeah, with the, with we're the, just waiting for the Cooper showdown. Yeah, I think it'll be great. Um, so in any case, uh, it's available on Showtime. You can yeah. uh, get Showtime's app on your. A com- on your iPad or you can also device. get a, like an add-on if you already have Amazon Prime. You can and there's also an add-on for Hulu. Hulu as that's well. right. Yeah, so that's right. Showtime is available everywhere, or you could just watch it on cable if you have Showtime. So, um, Twin Peaks: The Return. Uh, we will be coming back next week for another episode. This time we are talking about another Showtime show. Another sh- well, I guess we're just focusing on Showtime. It's called "I'm Dying Up Here." It's a show about stand-up comedians in the '70s. Yeah. All right. So I'll see you next time. Next week. Bye bye.